You're listening to the Maximum Storytelling Podcast, where you'll learn how to produce compelling video marketing content for your law firm through visual storytelling. Maximum Storytelling is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. And now, your hosts, Josh Nagel and Annika Godlewski. Hey, everyone. We are live again. We are live. We are now we are live. I hope that nobody can hear the water running in like the other room because I think that's what it was. I believe my son just tried to bug me, but I told him to get out of here. Maybe he's just, you know, flooding the kitchen (laughs) in retaliation as an eight-year-old. Who knows? Another week of maximum storytelling, Annika Godlewski and Josh Nagel. And this week we are talking exposure and light. So exposure and all of the different ways that you can use your camera's settings to make your video look even better, right? Yes, and a lot of people just kind of roll with automatic settings with their camera and you're not always gonna get the best results that way. iPhones, GoPros, things like that, those are really kind of meant for run and gun scenarios that figure out exposure for you so that way you don't have to dial in your settings manually. If you're doing stuff to where you're constantly in the same environment, Like for instance, you're in your conference room where the lighting never changes and it looks the same every single time. You know, the white balance, you know, you can dial in the look so that way it's consistent with all of your videos. Because if you leave it up to your camera, they may be jumping all over the place week to week. If you do, you know, reoccurring videos, like why is your office blue or, you know, uh, what's going on there with, you know, the exposure, why is your face so white and blown out? So we're going to go through just a couple different things today that you can do if you're using cameras like this to where you can change your aperture and your shutter speed and your ISO to get your exposure correct in camera. So that way you're not trying to edit it later. Oh my gosh, I completely messed up my shot and you're trying to fix it and post. It's probably not going to be the easiest way to go about it. So we're just going to show you a couple of things today that you can do to get out of that automatic mode to start shooting manual. And especially if you're in the same, you know, the, the same situation every week, you can just leave your camera on a tripod and you know you're going to be good to go so just to clarify for everyone at home we're talking about just a normal dsl camera it doesn't matter what brand it doesn't matter if it's you know the tx87 the brand new one or the i mean that i just made those numbers up but or a more of a basic dslr camera when these all these terms that josh is going to be using are standard on every single camera DSLR yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah, like, like Sony and um, Canon and Panasonic, they all obviously have different menu systems and ways to change these settings. But a lot of them, you'll have dials in the back that show you, well, this one has a function and then it brings up all the different settings and how easy it's going to be to see these. But this brings up all the different settings that we can do where you can change your white balance here and you can scroll through and change what, your, what, what, what exactly your white balance should be. My cameras are all 5,600 Kelvin. So I know that if I get on a Kelvin, I can dial that in to 5,600 and everything's going to look perfect because that's, you know, the color temperature that my lights are. Um, if you're recording in your conference room and you've got just basic um, incandescent lights or fluorescent lighting, there's settings for those. So, you know, change that to match. That's the, always the first thing that I do is set my white balance because that's going to get your color right. So you don't want your skin to be like really green or orange or blue. White balance is going to change that. So I'm going to show you really quick what I look like if I change the white balance to something where it shouldn't be. So this is incandescent. See the back of the camera, how it's really blue, right? 
Very blue. I don't have incandescent lights, so the camera is going to think that this is how it should look. And you can change some of the stuff after the fact, but it's not going to get anywhere close to how it should if you do it properly in camera. That's just really quick how you just one setting could affect the entire look of your, your video. Um, but that's just white balance. So get that dialed in properly and you'll be able to see in the back of the camera exactly what you know is looking good. If you're doing this by yourself, have someone in your office sit down in the chair and you can get it dialed in, have their skin look accurate, and then you know that you're good to move forward from that step. So um, the second thing is to figure out how much light needs to come in. And exposure has the called exposure triangle that it works with shutter speed, aperture, and ISO to determine, you know, how, so obviously if it's you know, a little bit darker, you need more light coming in. So this has to um, do with the different lens that you have on there. There's a aperture number, like this is F 2.8. I don't know if you can see that very easily or not. So this is an F uh, 2.8 lens. So the most wide open this lens gets is 2.8. That's how much light can you possibly get in at one time. There are some lenses that go down to like 1.2, 1.4. You're going to get a lot of light in with those. But if you dial it down, you can change that f-stop. So the higher the number gets, the less light that comes in. So it literally closes down inside of it. So when you're at 1.2, it's all the way open. I don't even know if you could see it. If I Let's see if you can see. You see the aperture changing in there? No, I don't think so. Not really. But you'll be able, if you were sitting in front of the camera, you'd be able to see it. And you can obviously hear it too on some right. cameras. Right. But you can literally, I mean, the image is going to get darker as you go up, but it's because the aperture is closing down. So I always shoot in the lowest aperture that it goes, because again, that also affects, you ever see like uh, a picture or a video that's like really blurred out in the background, right? Like you can't even see the background because it's so blurry. That's because the aperture is so large, you know, that's probably a 1.2 to one. 2.8 aperture. 2.8 is what I have, and that will give you a blurred out background, but it also lets the most amount of light in. So I always set that down to as, as wide open as I can get to start with. But the shutter speed is the tricky part because a lot of people want to know how, you know, do I shoot in 24 frames a second or 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second? My camera has all these different settings. Like what should I use? And 24 or 23.98 is what it kind of defaults to, but it's 24 frames per second is what I shoot everything in. That's standard for what you see on TV and movies and stuff. Everything shot in 24 frames a second. When you start shooting in 30, it kind of makes this, they call it a soap opera effect where it kind of doesn't even look real. It's kind of like too smooth, you know, like, and I wish I had an example to show you back to back of what 24 versus 30 look like. You can use both if you're, you know, you're shooting 30, great. I would switch to 24 though, moving forward, because it starts to look a lot more natural. And what I mean by natural is like when I'm moving my hand right now, there's a little bit of a blur to it, right? Like you can see the blur that's natural. Your eyes see blur, you know, and when there's no blur, it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on? It's like glitchy. And, or, and you can't put your finger on it, but it just definitely looks yeah, different. It's, on. it's off. Yeah. So the rule of thumb is if you're shooting in 24, frames per second, your shutter speed should be double of what that frame rate is. So at 24 frames per second, your shutter speed should always be at 48 frames per second. Always. That's going to give you this like, you know, really natural look. That's what your eye sees, but these cameras don't have a 48 frames per second. So when I set it to the next best thing, you can see the orange right there. 
mm-hmm. it's one over 50 is what it's, it's going to be the closest you can get a, you know, to one over 48. So, you know, you're not going to notice the difference of those two frames, but on the back of the camera now, when my hand moves, it's a very natural look. And I think I still have the white balance off because it looks very blue. That's easy to change, right? Cause you just go to white balance and then dial that back in. Auto white balance works really well. Most of the time. Um, this is what it's on now is auto white balance. But if you're in a room where you've got like a big window and you've also got lighting above that you're using, it's going to get confused when the camera tries to read that temperature and know like, Hey, is this a warm light or a cool light? It's kind of both. So you're probably not going to get a very consistent look. I would just recommend turning off the lights and then facing yourself towards the window. So you get the light coming in and then setting the camera to match the outdoors, which is daylight. So you set that. Which also speaks to the importance of, Hey, carve out when you're carving out the time to do the video, try to carve out the same amount of time during the day, right? So if you're used to carving out Mondays at one o'clock, the next week when you go, try to shoot for one o'clock because you know that the daylight is going to be the same every day at one o'clock. I mean, obviously seasons change and things, but. Yeah, definitely. And that's going to affect the amount of light that's coming in the window, obviously. So, you know, how bright it is. So you may not be able to leave your camera. Like I said, if you dial it in on manual and the sun's going in and out all day, any light and you're just sitting by the window, your exposure is obviously going to change. So if you leave it up to the camera to switch it to auto ISO, once you have your aperture set, remember you're going to get the lowest possible aperture, but then also once you get your shutter speed set, which should be one over 50, then ISO is the only other part of that triangle that makes up the exposure. So when you shift that ISO up or down to get your image to look not too bright, not too dark and cameras have this little like exposure meter on the bottom that shows plus you know whatever it is it'll say plus zero or plus two or minus two that gives you kind of an overall ex- idea of what your exposure is so right now i'm a little bit overexposed 0.7 i think is what it says but that's okay you can be overexposed because this is not this is a looking at the whole image, not just your face. So that's a pretty good rule of thumb to go by is that exposure meter on the bottom. So literally all you have to do is just on this camera, just, you know, scroll this wheel. I'm just cranking the ISO up now. So you see how bright the screen is. I'm at 80,000 ISO right now. So, and I'm bringing it back down. You can see once we get back to 1600, I've got these little zebras. I don't know if you can see those too. There's like little zebras on the screen. Oh, like the stripes that... I don't know if it shows it, but that's um, an exposure setting that you can... Most cameras have, actually, that if there's zebras on the screen, that part's blown out, it's too white. You want to get it to a point to where there's really no zebras um, on there. So if your camera has zebras, definitely use those. But like I said, this is just a really basic run-through at exposure and what it is and what you should pay attention to and what matters. Obviously, white balance is huge, but exposing your image to the brightness level is equally as important. So, and once all that stuff's figured out, you got to make sure it's in focus. So these cameras, I mean, especially this camera is really good at autofocus. And if your camera's, you know, a Canon or you're using even Nikon's, they've got a pretty good autofocus system. So if you're sitting in front of the camera, you're not going to be moving around too much to where you're going to be out of exposure. But if you're shooting stuff for, you know, one of your client videos that you're doing a testimonial and you're moving around a lot, definitely take a look at your autofocus settings on your camera, because that's going to help you out a ton unless you're really good at manually focusing. So do you suggest that people maybe put a piece of tape down if if their camera's on a tripod and they have 
you know, they're always going to stand in the same spot or they're always going to sit in the same spot. Just put a piece of tape down on the floor and that and it sounds a little elementary, but it'll help you remember exactly where your camera is. And also, also what you could do is put a piece of like scotch tape on the back of your, if you get a thing like this, that flips, mm-hmm. you could put a little cheat sheet like, Hey, my white balance for this room, I always set it to, you know, incandescent. And then I always make sure my aperture is at 2.8. And then I always ISO 1600 is always, you know, a pretty good result um, just to give you an idea. And like she's saying the the distance that's going to be for your focus. So if you don't move it, set it here, put your focus on where it needs to be. And you know, you're good because it never changes. And also, um, but that cheat sheet is a great, great idea because I mean, I was, I'm sitting here with a piece of paper and a pencil and whenever I have my camera out, I'm like, okay, well, let's just test it and see and write down what does work and write down like, oh man, I definitely can't have it at 80,000 in this room because it's way crazy. Well, you might remember that in your mind, but just write it down on a piece of paper as you're going through it to help you remember the next week when you're doing your videos. Exactly. Cause you, you're going to know what you want, how you want your image to look. You want to rely on the camera to come up with that for you. So once you kind of get things dialed in, you know, it looks good. Maybe do a little test video and roll it back and say, Hey, you know, is this too bright or is this too dark? Or, Hey, maybe if I put a light in on this side, this will help kind of like, it's really kind of awkward and, you know, too dramatic, or maybe you want it to be dramatic. So fine tuning the way that you shoot, especially if you're in this consistent environment all the time, you've got room to play with it. So just kind of like see what works best for you. If you have any specific questions on like your camera or your setup, you know, I use Canon, Sony, Panasonic, maybe have a Nikon, GoPro. So I know how to use all these different cameras. If you have any specific questions on your model or your lens or what works, what should you buy? Let us know. We'll be glad to help. Awesome. This was so helpful. I think, um, I think it's really hard too, because especially for people that are just dipping their toes into video, they want to get a good camera so that the result can look great, but all of the settings are so overwhelming and all of the numbers and, you know, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking to try to figure out what works, but hearing what all they all do is helpful. Right. And people ask me all the time, I'm always getting messages saying, Hey, like what cameras do you use? Or I'm getting a camera for my daughter. What should I pick up? And honestly, there are so many really, really good cameras out there. It all depends on if you need to take photos or you just shooting videos like this camera does both really well. But for me, having a camera, the specific one, I needed a good autofocus. I need to, you know, run around on a gimbal and this thing can like find your eyeball and we'll focus on it from like 50 yards away and we'll maintain focus. Like as you're running around crazy, like I was chasing my kids and even my dog and it just keeps the focus locked. So it's $4,000, but to me, that's invaluable knowing that I never have to worry about focusing on this again. And I can just run around and make sure that. You and know, never miss that right, super important shot. Exactly. So honestly, invest in good lenses because that's what's going to make the biggest difference in your image. Camera bodies like are constantly getting updated every year. But if you buy good lenses, like those lower aperture 1.4, you're going to get really creamy, like smooth backgrounds and you're going to be really sharp and focused. And it's going to bring all that focus to you and what you're saying versus people looking. I mean, Annika, I love your shot right there. But every time I'm like, Oh, what she got back there. Like, Oh, it's, it looks like a good book. I'm going to check that out. But it's too blurry um, to see. Because it's so focused on my face and not the background. Right, exactly. So that kind of stuff really makes your image pop. And, you know, like I said, if you have any questions about what you should buy or how to use what you have, let us know. Send us a message or comment on this post and we'd be glad to help you out.
And in the very, very near future, we are going to do a podcast episode about iPhone settings, but we want to hear all of your questions first. We want to know everything that you guys want to know so that we can take the time to make sure that we address all of those in the podcast. So please reach out to us in the next couple of weeks so that we can make sure that when we do the same for iPhone, well, and we'll probably do one for Android, but so many people have iPhones that we'll start with the iPhone one first. All right. Next week, every Wednesday, 1230 Central Time, 130 Eastern, uh, exclusively for the Maximum Layer Guild members. And then the podcast will be available to everyone else in a couple of weeks. But Maximum Storytelling, always tune in. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk same time, same place next week. To stay connected, join us on the Maximum Lawyer Facebook group. See you there.